It's time for Money Matters with Doug and Linda Lewis. Doug is a certified financial planner, providing you with a personal financial hotline to answer your questions about tax planning, investments, retirement planning, estate planning, and education planning. Doug and Linda are the owners of Lewis Financial Management, a registered investment advisory firm in Raleigh, providing financial and investment services since 1983. Doug and Linda will be answering your questions on WPTF's phone lines anytime during the next hour. Call 860-9783. That's 860-WPTF. Call toll-free 1-800-662-7979. And for mobile phones, it's star 680. And now, Doug and Linda Lewis and Money Matters. Hello there, North Carolina. This is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner, once again welcoming you to Money Matters with Doug and Linda Lewis. Money Matters with Doug and Linda has been providing you with a personal financial hotline for all of your questions about investments, estate planning, tax planning, money management, and retirement planning for over 20 years. And again, with me as usual tonight is my wife, Linda, who works with me in our firm, Lewis Financial Management. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the show. Doug and I are the owners of Lewis Financial Management, a registered investment advisory firm in Raleigh, providing investment in financial advice since 1983. For over 20 years, we've been answering your questions on the WPTF phone lines. They are your questions and our answers. So sit back and enjoy, or if you're free, call us tonight on the open lines. We'll take your calls anytime during the next hour. You're free to call in and ask any financial question about your own personal financial planning. Call us at 860-9783, that's 860-WPDF. Or you can call us toll-free long distance at 1-800-662-7979. Well, financial planning is everyone's business, and still for most folks, money matters are just a big puzzle. Folks have questions about planning for retirement, planning for a child's college education. They don't know the difference between financial planning and money management. They want to know a lot these days. They want to know what's a mutual fund, what's a limited partnership, what's a REIT, what's a will, what's a living will. And yes, it really can confuse you, but you're not alone. Because in a world crowded with new investments, changing tax laws, rapidly evolving insurance products, and volatile economic cycles, more and more people are looking for clear direction in their financial lives. And yet, unfortunately, the busier and the more successful they are, the less time they have to sort out their financial affairs, and people are asking, is there any solution? Well, yes, Doug, there certainly is a solution. Out of this increasingly complicated financial environment has come a new breed of professionals that are trying to solve people's money puzzles, and that's the Certified Financial Planner. It's the certified financial planner who offers something that people don't get from the traditional stockbroker, money manager, accountant, insurance agent, or bank trust officer. And that's a way to consolidate all aspects of people's financial affairs into one financial plan. It's the certified financial planner who knows how to pull together all six areas of a client's financial life. Doug, I think for many people, the first area of financial planning is cash flow planning with questions about their emergency fund, their mortgage, their credit cards, and reducing their debt. Well, yes, Linda, and yet for many people, the second area of financial planning is retirement planning. Those who are working want to know how to compute what they'll need to live on during retirement. 
and how much they should be saving for retirement. They want to know what investments they should choose from the choices in their company's 401k plan. Others are retiring and have received a lump sum payout option from their company's retirement plan, and they want to know, should they take it, and if so, how should they invest it? Well, Doug, the third area of financial planning that must be dealt with is estate planning. For most people, over their working years, their estate has grown. How can they reduce their estate taxes? And they wonder, are their simple wills sufficient, or maybe they should be considering the complicated world of trusts? If that's the third area, Linda, the fourth area of financial planning cannot be overlooked. This is tax planning. People are interested in both tax reduction strategies and tax reduction investments. Home mortgage interest, charitable giving, tax shelters, tax-free bonds, questions about capital gains taxes, estate taxes, gift taxes, and how to sell real estate tax-free using trusts. What a confusion. Well, Doug, we can't forget the fifth area of financial planning, which is insurance planning. How much life insurance does a family really need? Do they have too little insurance or maybe too much insurance? Should they have whole life, term, or universal? Should they have long-term nursing care coverage? You're right, Lynn. And, of course, the sixth and most important area of financial planning is investment planning. Here, the questions never stop. What's the best way to diversify my investments? Is now a safe time to invest in stocks? What about bonds? What kind of stock mutual funds? bond mutual funds, equipment leasing partnerships, REITs, CDs, gold, annuities. So, Doug, it seems that at last it's time for people to understand that a certified financial planner is really the only one who can tie together all six parts of their financial puzzle. And to you out there listening, if you've got a question on your mind about cash flow planning, retirement planning, estate planning, tax planning, insurance or investments, Call us now on the open lines and we'll answer your financial planning questions. Those numbers to call are 860-9783. That's 860-WPTF. Out-of-towners, call us toll-free at 1-800-662-7979. And if you just want to sit back and listen to the callers through the years, welcome to the show. Hello, Steve. Is that you? Hello. Hi. Um Steve, yeah, this can you hear me? This is Doug Lewis, certified financial planner. How can I help you this evening? Well, my question is, um, is is a uh, Vanguard total investment in the trust market investment fund for a time better than going it with a broker? Well, tell me a little bit about yourself. You're, you're coming across real scratchy, Steve. Can you? I don't know. Are you if you're on a speaker or a cell phone? But it's having a little I, difficult hearing you. I'm not a cell phone. I'm sorry. All right. Now, tell me again uh, a little bit about yourself. How old are you, Steve? 36. You're 36? 46. 46. Uh-huh. Married or single? Single. Single. What's your income, Steve? Not very much. Uh, probably about 22000 gross. All right. Have you done any investing in the past, Steve? Yes. What have you accumulated so far in mutual funds? Uh, well, my retirement account's probably around 53000 and I've got uh, about 45000 just in, in regular mutual funds. There's a um, credit union, I guess. Money market fund, I'm sorry. There's a credit union. All right. So you got $45,000 in cash at the credit union, and uh-huh. and you've got 53000 uh in 
in in a four hundred one k? Did you say? Yes. Where is it invested there, Steve? Um, it is with a firm called Investors Capital. No, but I mean, what's the investment? Oh gosh, I what's it invested say. in? It's just in, in various mutual funds. I couldn't even tell you what they are. Well, just from what you're telling me so far, Steve, if your choices that you give me are the Vanguard Stock Index Fund, is that what you said? Yes, the Total Stock Market Index. Or invest with a broker, is that what you said? Yes. Yeah, my answer is neither one, Steve. Oh. No, you should not do either one of those two. First of all, if you go with a a Vanguard Stock Index Fund, you're betting on the fact that the stock market will do the best for you with no manager, and it's just an index. Right. If that was the case in 2008, many people's 401ks were cut in half to 201ks when they lost almost half their money. Yes. So then the next thing is, well, what about with a broker? The problem with just going to see a broker is the broker is going to go ahead and try and sell you something. Right. So that's not what you want to do. You want to go ahead and meet with a fee-based financial planner who will charge you by the hour for advice. And, And then you want to go ahead and meet with him or her. And in that session, which would probably be a few hours, but in that session, you should go through your living expenses, your tax return, your goals of where you want to get to. One thing that jumps right out, me. One thing that jumps right out at me is the fact you say you've got fifty, thirty thousand dollars invested, and you don't even know where it is. Yeah, that that's that is not a good picture, Steve. No, it's not. <laughs> and not only so. So, uh, it sort of reminds me of a person who is trying to be lukewarm, so one foot's in boiling water and one foot's in ice water, and they think they're both, because the other 45000 is in cash. And yeah. that cash is earning anywhere from zero to a half of a percent, right? Well, with the credit union, I'm in a share term certificate, and that's earning about 3.5%, and that's 20 of it, and the rest of it's in the money market, earning about 1.5%. Yeah, so basically, you're not invested there. Those aren't investments. Those are cash accounts. Right. And then over on the investment side, you may or may not be in the right mutual funds in your 401k. Okay. So that's what I'm saying. What you need is an educational session. Okay. I would generally not have you just go straight into an index because then you're basically saying, I'll just ride and see what happens. And right. that... That takes you out of the driver's seat. I think you should always be in the driver's seat with proper advice. Okay. Okay. And um, you're welcome to call my office if you want to schedule an appointment at our office. Linda could go ahead and take that information and go ahead and schedule an appointment with you or someone else's office. But you should be paying for independent advice. Okay, well, I'd like to talk with Linda there. All right, hang on. I'll put you, uh, let me, she'll go and talk to you on the other line. Hold on one second. Thank you. Okay, thanks for calling, Steve. Thank you. All right, hang on one second. She's going to jump off. All right, let me see. You're listening to Money Matters with Doug and Linda Lewis, and we're taking your calls at 680 WPTF. 
So if you've got a question, call us at 860-9783. If you're out of town, it is toll-free at 1-800-662-7979. Cellular callers, it is star 680. Doug, what's new in the world of investment planning? Maybe you've asked, if I already have a stockbroker, insurance agent, accountant, and attorney, why do I still need a certified financial planner? Basically, there are five important reasons why you need one, or five important things a certified financial planner can do for you. Number one, asset allocation and portfolio management. A certified financial planner has the specific training to pull investment assets together into an organized plan to achieve a client's future financial objectives. Two, risk management or insurance coverages. When does one really need to purchase disability, life, property, and casualty insurance? These are all separate issues, and a certified financial planner can identify an individual's or a business's immediate and future needs for risk management. Number three, tax planning. A certified financial planner can prepare tax strategies for the oversheltered, the undersheltered, or the pre-retiree when a tax situation becomes complex. Number four, retirement and estate planning. A certified financial planner can perform spreadsheet applications for future retirement planning or have the tax knowledge needed when performing estate tax planning for family heirs. Number five, planning for professionals or small business owners. Should my business be formed as a corporation or as a partnership? How much personal liability is involved in operating my business? Again, a certified financial planner can steer you through business continuity issues or give advice when integrating the finances of the company and the business owner. Other good reasons you might need a certified financial planner? To plan for college costs, gifting strategies for tax relief, planning for nursing home costs for you or your parents. Recent history has established a track record of an unpredictable Wall Street, complex tax laws, and an onslaught of different financial vehicles. A certified financial planner is skilled in identifying an individual's goals and helping develop, implement, and monitor a plan to achieve them. You need a certified financial planner because a financial future is at stake, and it's yours. If you've been wondering about why you need a certified financial planner, I hope my comments have helped. Seek competent financial advice, and if you have any financial questions, call me at 872-7000. That's 872-7000. And remember... Your financial future is at stake. And I believe we have another caller. Hi, Kate. This is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. How can I help you? Uh, we have been talking to a financial planner, and he has suggested a variable annuity uh, to supplement some of our other retirement investments. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to know what your opinion of, of that kind of an investment is. Tell me a little bit about your situation, and maybe I can fine-tune my answer. Okay. How old are you? 59. You're 59 years old. Are you married or single? Married. Married. What's your income? Uh, about nine. Well, now it's very much lower than it used to be. It's about uh, 65000 a year now. Six, and that's coming from the husband or the wife? The husband. That's coming from the husband. Is the wife getting uh, making? Is she, does she bring any income in? Very small amount. All right. Now, the wife or the husband, who's 59? I am. The wife is 59. How old is the husband? 61. Husband's 61. And he will be fully retired when he reaches 62. All right. So his income is going to drop next year. Yes. All right. Now, looking at retirement income, well, first of all, let's well, take... Well, let, let me back up. His, his, 
he's partially retired now, which is why his income has already dropped. All right. But actually, his income should increase when he's totally retired because of the investments we have. Well, I'm going to ask you about that next. Okay. But I want to know about the guaranteed income uh-huh. uh, from his pension. And is he going to take early Social Security or what's he yes. going to do? Yes. Okay. So what is the estimated guaranteed income going to be next year when he's 62? Uh, I, I only think in after-tax terms. Okay. <laughs> so that's what I'll give you. All right. It's about 50000 a year. All right. So it could be about $50,000 guaranteed. And then what are your living expenses on an annual basis? Uh, I imagine the financial planner went over that in depth with you. You know what? What? I, I don't know the answer to that question. I could do it, but not. To, I'd hold you on the well, phone. Well, I mean, when you met with your financial planner, didn't you spend a lot of time going over your expenses? No, we didn't. Then you didn't we meet didn't. with a financial planner. Okay. No, you must have met with a salesperson. Well, actually, it was a salesperson. Okay. He's the one who's trying to sell it. Right. Well, we want to be very careful about definitions. You see, uh, we want to find out. A financial planner plans, uh-huh. and they and a, a, a true financial planner, a certified financial planner who is charging you a fee for the time you're spending there with them, whether it's an hourly fee or a fixed fee, which is the only kind that you should be seeing, by the way. That kind of planner should start with your living expense needs and then back into the kinds of questions. Our number in Raleigh is 919-872-7000. That's 919-USA-7000. For the moment, let's assume that your expenses are 50000 a year. Well, they're not, but anyway, we'll assume right. that for this okay. exercise. Right. Most people underestimate their expenses. Uh, you have to build in there your desired number of vacation, uh, travel expenses. That many, pe- many people travel more after they retire. Gifts to the children, uh, clothing, all the other things that happen. Mm-hmm. But if you're saying that you're absolutely sure that his pension uh, and Social Security is going to cover... Uh, your lifestyle with all the, the, the luxuries that you may or may not want, then you don't need to touch any investment income. Mm-hmm. Now, if that's the case, let's go over to the investments. What do your investments look like right now? Well, our investments look very good. No, I mean, what are they? Oh, what are they? <laughs> They're bonds, uh, mutual funds. All right. How much do you have in bonds? Uh, I'm just looking here because I've got, I've got all that written out. Uh in bonds, mm-hmm. we've got eighty-five thousand in one bond fund. We have uh, about five thousand, five hundred thousand dollars. And what else do you have? Is that main? Is that the main? Is that is that the majority of your portfolio? Mm, uh, no, we've got another uh, fifty-nine thousand. Uh, we have two IRAs. One's eighty-two thousand. The other's forty-nine thousand. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have some other stock investments that are around three hundred thousand in various stocks stocks, and then my husband's profit sharing, which he owns his own company mm-hmm. at this point, is 310000 All right. You've got a rather complicated situation when the numbers start building up, and you're, 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 you've got a terrible portfolio. Uh, it looks, it, it just, it, it, it really, I don't like it personally, okay? I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the air going through each of the items, but overall, it looks to me like my, my real question is, why are you going to, for a, uh, a a variable annuity? Because a variable annuity, although it will let you defer income, I mean defer paying tax on the growth, it's going to also be taxable in your estate at the time that you die, and there'll be no step up in basis. Okay. 
So well, that's, I mean, we're we're considering it, but uh, that's why I was calling yeah, for your um, opinion an, an, too. Annuities, you understand, a variable annuity is an insurance contract, right? By the way, which one are you looking at? Uh, I'd rather not go into that because <laughs> that's the crucial issue. You see, a variable annuity is an insurance contract that wraps around mutual funds. So it's the funds themselves that are the most important part, not the insurance contract. Mm -hmm. Annuities are insurance contracts that work sort of like a non-deductible IRA. Uh, you can put in as much as you want, but taxes are deferred until you take it out. Mm -hmm. Now, you're 59, so you don't have to worry about the 59 penalty. You can start taking money out when you want. But you're paying a charge for an annuity. I. Mm -hmm. uh, Unlike a fixed annuity, which guarantees a conservative rate of return, a variable annuity lets you pick your own investments from the different menu of mutual funds, but your return is going to vary according, you know, to the fund's performance. Mm -hmm. uh, the insurance portion of that variable annuity guarantees that if you die before you start withdrawing the money, then your beneficiaries are going to receive all that you put in, but they will pay tax on the increase. Mm-hmm. As opposed to if you have a half a million, how much are you going to put into the variable annuity? What were you thinking of putting in? 250000 Okay, so you put in a quarter million dollars, and since you're only 59 years old, you're a relatively young woman, uh, you live another 35 years, and it grows to be $2 million. Well, if you had a quarter million dollars in a mutual fund that grew to be a uh, million dollars, let's say, $2 million, and, the, and you, then you then died, they would get that amount. They could sell that two million, and pay no capital gains tax. I yeah. think I need to call you off the air. <laughs> yeah, and I and I, I, yeah. I appreciate the sensitivity of trying to be specific when when confidentiality sometimes is very important to people. But I hope that gives you at least something to start with. It does. Yeah, uh, and you know, Kate, we're real happy that you and your husband. You know, you're I'm sure you're hardworking people. You've accumulated these assets. You've been blessed. But you want to have some direction, right? Right. So that, you know, whatever his exit strategy is from the business, and, of course, when you all decide you're not going to be working. That's next year. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you, you know what I mean. When you wanted to to just be retired and travel and do the things that, that, you, that interest you at this stage of your life, that you'll be able to do it with ease. Mm -hmm. And uh, working with a financial planner, and, and particularly a certified financial planner that's fee-based, can assist you in helping you and your husband get that direction. Yeah, Kate, if you'll call the office, I'll be happy to go through that in detail. Uh-huh. That number in Raleigh is 919-872-7000. That's USA 7000. Okay. Bye-bye now. Well, Doug, that was a very interesting uh, caller from the archives. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've had a very interesting last seven weeks in the market, haven't we? Wow. You know, I think everybody... Uh, is sort of holding their breath and saying, is this really happening? Uh, what should we do? We've had seven straight weeks of the market going up. Uh, people are wondering, is something happening here? I mean, we've come from uh, a low in 2010, way up to uh, the highest point really in the last couple of years so everybody's wondering, what should I do? What should I do? And, of course, that leads <laughs> to a lot of questions. Do we jump from the frying pan into the fire? Did we miss the boat? Uh, it's a crucial time to walk gently 
because there are a lot of prognostications that this is indeed a recovery year. Uh, everything so far, with the exception of unemployment and the uh, and the home mortgage industry or the foreclosures that are still coming, which is a disaster, yes, but everything other than that keeps sending off signals that 2011 is going to be a good year, and thus far it is. Well, well, it certainly has been um, a very interesting new year, hasn't it? Um, um, although the markets are going up, there are still questions in people's minds about bonds. Uh, and you mentioned something about our last caller. Well, you know, that's a funny thing. If if you listen to all the normal sort of uh, uh, quick little formulas that you always that everybody always comes into our office with, you know, aren't bonds safer than stocks? Well, maybe, maybe not. Right now, uh, I would say two-thirds or more of those who are looking closely at the bond market feel it probably has much more risk than the stock market now, and that's because of where interest rates are. So uh, we we can't just use these quick little formulas and little sayings that are going to uh, guide us because you can end up uh, – I think what a friend of mine down in southern South Carolina said, you can step into a cow patty real easily. (laughs) You're listening to Money Matters with Doug and Linda Lewis. And if you've got a question, you can call us on the open lines at 860-WPTF. That's 860-9783. And if you're out of town, it is toll free at 1-800-662-7979. And securities are offered through HBAC Inc., Member FINRA, SIPC, HBEC Inc., and Lewis Financial Management, LLC, are not affiliated. Investment advisory services offered through Lewis Financial Management, LLC, in Raleigh, North Carolina. And if you would like, you can visit our website at lfmadvisor.com. Well, Doug, uh, some local news that's happened this week that... I think has a lot of people unsettled, or at least with a lot of questions. You know, Lynn, when I think uh, of all the clients we've had through the years that were originally CPNL clients, remember that uh, CPNL, and then right. Progress Energy, and the right? and it would never change. It would always have the homegrown flavor. I think people are still in shell shock of what has just happened with the merger of Duke Power and Progress Energy, but more than shell shock. Uh, questions are, are coming left and right. What's going to happen? The one thing that apparently everybody is clear on is some jobs are going to be lost. And that leads for a very, uh, I think the news and reporter, the news and observer reported that there was a very negative type of atmosphere at a couple of meetings recently because uh, employees just don't know what to expect. Well, it seems like, uh, I guess the concern is that they have many questions, but very few answers. That's exactly right. The only answer that seems clear is jobs will be cut. So, and of course, yeah, it is a, it's a very, uh, uh, concerning thing, uh, for many of the folks that are with both of the companies. But the, the more important thing is not to panic, but, to keep your head, you know, to to be wise and to work with a financial planner. 
Lynn, it's unfortunate that the history of so many financial decisions made by the general public are reactive rather than proactive. There's a reason that the name planner is in certified financial planner. There's a reason that the CFP focuses on being proactive planning. And indeed, uh, right now, nobody knows what's going to happen, but we've been here before. Do you remember with IBM? Do you remember all the early buyouts 15 years ago? Do you remember the Sears situation? Those clients that were proactive, that before they got any news, they went and sought the advice of a certified financial planner, one who is fee-based, not one who is charging commissions to meet with you. That type of, of proactive action brings you into the way to approach your moves for 2011. This is one of the concerns in 2011. And if you are a person who may be going through a possible job job change or job loss, etc., um, write down your questions and work with a certified financial planner. And if you'd like to, just give us a call at the office. That number in Raleigh is 919 919- Eight seven two seven thousand. That's USA seven thousand, and we'll be happy to address those specific questions. And uh, our our best wishes to all the folks that are with Progress Energy and also uh, Duke Energy as as they go through this transition. I know it's very big sh- uh, shock to those of us in the triangle, but uh, hopefully it'll be a good thing in the end. You know, Lynn, we're into two thousand and eleven. And, of course, there are, uh, in the way of being proactive, there are probably questions. We could probably, even if we tried, we can make a list of questions, couldn't we, Lynn, that, that, that should be right in the minds of uh, the, our listeners, questions for approaching 2011. And, of course, the first question, obviously, is the type of thing we're talking about right now. Have there been any changes in my personal life that could affect my financial situation? Am I in danger of uh, losing my job? Or am I changing jobs? Or maybe something else happened. Maybe you got married. Maybe you had a child. Maybe you became a grandparent. Maybe you got divorced. Maybe, God forbid, it happened and you got (coughs) widowed. And all of these things could be right there in front of you, but these are questions, that should be question number one, have there been any changes in my personal life that could affect my financial situation? So, you know, if if you consider it from that viewpoint, Lynn, this is the way of becoming proactive, looking at the year 2011 and seeing what questions can I take with me to meet with a financial planner, and that's the first question. Doug, I do agree. There's there's so much, um, you know, there's been a lot that happened last year that was punctuated by much negative and some positive news. And so with high unemployment and troubling uh, federal, state, local budgets, et cetera, and debt problems, uh, you know, here and abroad, uh, many people have had great concerns. But going back to your own personal situation and your own personal portfolio, one other thing that you might want to look at is, are you sitting 
on maybe too much cash. Because, like our first caller tonight said that he had, what, about 43000 in cash? All right, that's or a really, like that. yeah, Lynn, that's a really good second question. First question, of course, is, has anything changed in my personal life that affects my financial situation? So second question is, am I sitting on too much cash? Because the amount of portfolio that's sitting in cash right now uh, needs to be uh, discussed with a certified financial planner. Uh, it may be, for example, that uh, you've you've backed off back in 2008 when everything was was really tanking so fast and you moved everything or so much into cash and it's still sitting there. Well, the question is, uh, is it, it is that right? Do I have too much in cash? Because right now cash is basically doing nothing for me. Uh, or should I have more cash? Do I have an, a, a changing situation getting ready to come on me? So the question of what about my cash is question number two. And I think another another question that folks should have is how should I be thinking about risk? Very what uh, What about my risk tolerance? Has it changed? Or am I just feeling a natural unease because there's been, uh, you know, after the uh, economic downturn and now it's recovering? Where are you with your risk? And you should work with a financial advisor that can help you look at what are your current specific goals and have they, you know, have they changed? Are they different? You know, risk, Linda, is, and I'm glad you're addressing this is the third question, because risk changes for different kinds of goals. For example, let's say you've got a kid who's getting ready to start college two years from now. Well, the risk that you can take on your investment portfolio with a two-year horizon is very different than if you're uh, accumulating for a retirement in uh, 15 years. So your horizon for your goal will determine your approach to the risk and how much is the proper risk tolerance that you should have for that specific goal. You're listening to Money Matters with Doug and Linda Lewis, and we're discussing questions in the new year. But if you've got a question and you'd like to ask it, call us on the open lines at 860-WPTF. That's 860-9783. And if you're out of town, it is toll-free at 1-800-662-7979. Well, Doug, as, uh, as we've been discussing, another question that folks need to ask is, do I need to reconsider one or more of uh, my future time horizons? <laughs> I hear that a lot, Lynn, because one of the typical horizons that people have is I plan on retiring at age 62 when I can take early retirement or I can get early Social Security and so on. But everyone has different time horizons for different goals. And then it may be that they're not realistic. It may be that you have to take a look and say, well... Do I have to push that age different? Do I have to move that time horizon? Is something wrong with my time horizon? Uh, normally, all things being equal, you can afford to be more aggressive with your investment portfolio if you have a longer time horizon. But again, we have these different time horizons. 
And obviously, the time horizon for a 35-year-old is going to be different from the time horizon for a a 61-year-old. So the matter of reconsidering one or more of those time horizons should be the fourth question, I would say, that you go into 2011 to meet with your certified financial planner. And it may be that you're, you know, what you have in mind is, should I use a portion of that money to purchase a house versus right. uh, just socking that money away for retirement? Uh, so whatever those time horizons are, make sure that you address those in the new year as you work with your financial planner. Um, another question to address is whether or not you should adjust your retirement plans. Hopefully, if you do have a retirement plan uh, with your employer, that uh, you are contributing to it, first of all. And you know where those investments are. Yeah, like our last caller who really wasn't sure where those investments are. Then did you realize that many people think a 401k is an investment? They really, they, they're confusing the chicken with the chicken house. The chicken may be the investment, but the chicken house is what holds it. And a 401k is not an investment. It's just a chicken house. It's something that holds investments. But when a person says, I don't know where my investments are, all I know is it's in my 401k. Well, it could be sitting there in a rooster waiting for eggs. And that's the wrong chicken because roosters don't lay eggs. <laughs> Point is that you should know the investments. Not so funny, Doug. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. <laughs> no, and, what I mean is I know it's. Yeah, I know. I like the way you put the question. You said, should you adjust your retirement plans? And what you meant was, should you adjust the investments in your retirement plans? Right? Exactly. Exactly. Because, you know, I think, I think the average American or person in the United States does a fairly good job of accumulating. They're, they're putting away money somewhere. If you're working and there's a retirement plan, most of the folks that are contributing are contributing, but they're not always sure what they put it into, or at least they're not clear as to whether or not those investments within the vehicle are appropriate for them. And sometimes those need to be adjusted, right? Right. They need to be uh, changed. And it's not that you you put it in there and park it for the rest of your life. All right. So, Doug... um, Perhaps once uh, people plan to retire at age 62, but then your investment portfolio shrank uh, in 2008 and early 2009, and it isn't back to where you need it to be, right? Yeah, and that's the kind of thing that we're talking about, Lynn, that maybe that was your plan. To retire at age 62 and your investment portfolio was designed at least as best you could was sort of a conservative view to get you there. But then it shrank. So now you're faced with two questions. Do you crank it up and get it more aggressively structured to still see if you can make it by age 62? Or do you go ahead and find yourself concluding, I better just move my horizon out. I better plan on working till age 65 or maybe even age 67. So you've got to go ahead and put these pieces in place because one of the worst things you can do is end up by saying, oh, wow, 
I'm due to retire in a couple of years. I better get more aggressive with my investments in my retirement plan. And uh, I better Time's move it all into <laughs> emerging markets funds. And boom, you could just walk into exactly the worst kind of risk instead of uh, instead of what you thought you were doing. And certainly if you're if you're uh, uh, delaying uh, your retirement and you're having to work a few more years, it may be that you're reducing your withdrawal phase by two or three years, but waiting to retire might also enable you to postpone the year that you start claiming your Social Security benefits. You've got to plug that in also, Linda. So let's look at the questions that we've listed so far. Questions for 2011, number one, have I had any changes in my personal life that could affect my financial situation? Question number two, am I sitting on too much cash? Question number three, how should I be thinking about risk given what's happened? Number four, do I need to reconsider one or more of my time horizons? And number five, should I adjust my investments in my retirement plans if my portfolio has shrunk? And of course, the next one is for the exact opposite kind of person. That's a person who's already retired. And then we have to ask, well, if I'm already retired and I'm making withdrawals from my investment portfolio, should I readjust the amount that I'm withdrawing? Or am I running myself into the danger of maybe depleting it? Oh. So if you're retired and you're withdrawing your income from your investment portfolio, that you, you know, uh, all these years you've been accumulating this asset, all these assets, so that you could have income in retirement, right? And then, For you, your start, and then you started taking that income, but the market went down. And now maybe the question is, is there a strategy to reduce the amount I'm taking out to cut back on my living expenses a little longer to make sure that what I've got is going to last all the way through the rest of my life? And those are the kinds of questions you should go to your financial planner with. You certainly should. And... Uh, the last question is, with the distinct possibility of higher taxes on the horizon, should you invest in a tax-exempt bond mutual fund to lessen your tax burden? What do you think, Doug? Well, I would say absolutely you should not just fall into that sort of logic because uh, that could be the worst thing that you could do. I'm not saying don't do it, but for sure be very careful when you start making moves that are driven by tax considerations. Most recently, we've had some very huge upsets in international bonds, and those international bonds are going to be affecting the tax-free bonds and the tax-free bond funds as well as the taxable bonds and taxable bond funds. And so just the fact that something offers uh, a tax incentive, such as a muni bond fund, don't let the tax tail wag the dog. Really, you need to go ahead and understand that the municipal bond market still faces some serious challenges. There are municipalities that are facing possible bankruptcies around the country. Oh, yes. They've been talking about uh, that. And so in the news. you need mm-hmm. to talk these things over with your certified financial planner about what's the best way to go into 2011. You're listening to Money Matters with Doug and Linda Lewis, and we're taking your calls on the open lines at 860-WPTF. 
That's 860-9783. And if you're out of town, it is 1-800-662-7979. Let's take another caller, Doug. Dan, this is Doug Lewis with Money Matters. How can I help you this evening? Hi, Doug. I'd like to uh, ask you about reverse annuity mortgages. I'm doing some All right. inquiries for a father-in-law. Go ahead. Um, he is getting in some financial difficulty, and he and his wife, uh, their health is starting to decline, and they just need uh, right. a little extra help. I've, I've spoken with Linda a couple times, uh, and she's, she's referred me to some good books and like that, but I just came across this the other day and would like to know what you know about it or what you can tell me or... Well, how you feel about them? Well, I think they're great. They're fantastic. I just did one for a client recently. She was 72 years old, and we just got a reverse annuity mortgage for her. For the sake of the listening public, the reverse annuity mortgage is a guaranteed government program that works backwards from a mortgage. A mortgage is where you borrow money from the bank, and you then have that money, and you start making payments to the bank to repay your loan, whether it's 30 years or 15 years or whatever. A reverse annuity mortgage is a program in which instead of you paying the bank, the bank pays you. And it's designed as a federal program to help senior citizens. You do not have to have any income qualifications to qualify for it. It's not for poor people. It's for anyone who is over, what's the age limit? Is it 65? I believe you have to be 65 or older. I think the age limit is 65 is the first qualification. Second qualification is you have to own your own home, debt-free, can't have a mortgage on it. And the third thing is, uh, basically, you have your, well, that's really all you've got to do. Uh, now there's a computation and a method of computation that works in such a way that you go and see a counselor. The counselor, by the way, is not going to approve or disapprove you. The counselor has no control over you, but the counselor is basically, uh, going to let you know that if you want to tap the equity in your home, if you want to go ahead and take out one of these reverse annuity mortgages, then the bank will start paying you payments for the rest of your life. You never have to pay that loan back. Okay, what happens at the end? At the at the end of what? When you die? End, yeah. Well, Doug, what's new in the Hello? area Hello, of Bob? retirement planning? Well, Linda, millionaires are sweating retirement as much as anybody. And that's according to some survey recently done by very wealthy Americans, which showed that the wealthiest 1% of all Americans... Have the well, Doug. I believe we have a caller on the on the line. I think we got a cross line there. Did I get Rob back? Rob, is that you? It is. Uh, sorry, we had a little confusion over here at the station. How can I help you, Rob? This is Doug Lewis. I think we lost our other caller. Yes, no problem. Um, I've got a question. A prior financial advisor of mine um, stated that based on on coming back from a recession, the best way to go is within international and small cap. Those are the first things to come back, and once the um, recession is in full swing of recovery, uh, it's better to go into large cap. So I did really well last year, but I've seen that actually um, in following that trend, and you know, I see that large cap is really starting to come back you know, so far in the first couple weeks of the year in, in, in investing for my retirement. I'm wondering, what's the, if you're, in your point of view, what is the best path take at this point for the for 2011 well you know rob that's sort of like 
me, are you asking me, what's the best way to have a comeback after a divorce? Should I go ahead and get married? <laughs> I mean, making, making kinds of generalizations like that is, is, is to me as foolish as rubbing a crystal ball. Because uh-huh. if anybody had any sort of automatic little formulas, that is not financial planning. That's pure raw speculation. Okay. However, having said that, there are managers in different areas. I know managers of uh, blue chip domestic mutual funds who, when I study their track records, they have done exceptionally well coming back off of every uh, recession, their recovery. And I also know others who have done terrible. And when I look at international whether I look at international or whether I look at global funds, I see managers who have done terrible and I see managers who have done exceptionally well. So to me, it's a matter of studying the managers, not studying the generalizations of the markets. I'll never get trapped like that again. Back in the 80s, we we tried to, to think that way and we changed our mind drastically and we've been very happy since then. What you should do, Rob, is you should schedule a meeting. Uh, to your, how old are you, Rob? I'm 43. You're 43, and you say last year, uh, were you were you investing last year at all in non-retirement investments? What? Uh, let me. Yeah. You're 43. You're married or single? Single. You're single. Okay. You're single. You're 43 years old. What's your income? Uh, seventy-five thousand. Seventy-five thousand single. What about your living expenses? Have any idea how much you spend? Mm, about twenty-five hundred a month. All right. So you're only spending about two-thirds after taxes of what you're making, right? Yeah. Which allows you to invest uh, uh, all of your discretionary income. How have you accumulated so far? How much have you accumulated in non-retirement investments? Uh, strictly in cash and savings, maybe three thousand. I'm sitting. With- about 170 in retirement. Oh, wait a minute. But wh- where'd all the rest of the surplus go last year? Ah, I've had a good life. Well, then you must have been spending more than just what you just said. Well, no. <laughs> I, I, I have child support checks. Oh, okay. Well, that's, uh, I guess that doesn't count as an expense, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Here, okay. Here, here, here's the deal. You need to go through a financial planning session. The financial planning session needs to focus on Rob, not on the markets, but on Rob's living expenses and Rob's uh, Rob's goals. In other words, we need to be very careful in the accumulation, whether you accumulate in retirement or non-retirement investments, or whether, I'm sorry, whether you put those investments in retirement or, or non-retirement portfolios. Uh, you invest, you've accumulated in retirement, you said 170,000, and that's all in mutual funds right now? Correct. And you said they're all in, what kind of funds are they? I'm probably about 40% small cap, um, uh, 25 in international, 10% in a bond, and a remainder in a mid cap. All right. Well, first of all, I would look very carefully about possibly getting out of your bond funds, no matter who the managers are, because the interest rates are as low as we have seen in 40 years or so, which means that the bond funds uh, could take a serious hit. 
but that's not a huge point. The bigger thing is yourself personally. We need to do a living expense analysis of how much is your income, which we have, how much are your expenses, what's the surplus of expense of income over expenses, and how to start building that into a non-retirement investment portfolio. Because it's that non-retirement investment portfolio that you will be able to draw from with the least tax problem at the time that you are able to achieve financial independence. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And see, and that's, I mean, everything we've been driven through, I guess, through life is like dump into 401k, dump into 401k. Yeah, that, yeah, you're, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear you pop a hole in that bubble. That sometimes when clients come to me in their 60s, that's the worst thing that they have done. They have overfunded, and now they're forced to go ahead. And if they're fortunate enough to become financially independent in their 50s, they have to pay an extra tax on it to start drawing from it. So so we really need to start focusing on you, and I like to see both portfolios built simultaneously. If you will jot down my number at the office, it's 919-872-7000. Right. And if you if you just hang on, actually, I'll see if I can get Linda to go over to the other phone and get your number, and she can tell you what's available and how much our fees are and so forth. That will be great. All right, sure. Okay, Rob, hang on while I go ahead and flip channels. Thank you. What's new in the area of retirement planning? Well, Linda... Millionaires are sweating retirement as much as anybody. And that's according to some survey recently done by very wealthy Americans, which showed that the wealthiest 1% of all Americans have the greatest fear that they won't have enough money in retirement. And, you know, essentially, everyone that's working is going to face retirement down the road. But the biggest worry that these folks have is that inflation will erode their retirement income, forcing them to reduce their standard of living. Right? That's right. You know, Lynn, the wealthy have good reason to be concerned because most of the 150 people that were surveyed have invested more than 40% of their savings in fixed income investments like bonds and cash, and that's not going to earn enough to meet their goals. In other words, these wealthy people who are concerned about their future, they're right. They're not going to make it. And that leaves them basically with three choices either to shift some savings to stocks and stock mutual funds, or to save more, or just to lower their expectations. And, um, you know, I guess some other findings are that wealthy people over age 50 are more likely to fall short of their retirement goals. Uh, the survey says that they want an average $218,000 a year, right? But their portfolios will only produce about 126000 that's something? Only half of what they need is going to be able to be met. And the wealthiest, 32% of Americans, uh, they've got about a third of their retirement savings in stocks, 24% in bonds, and about 18% in cash. They've got a little bit in real estate, a little bit in other things like private businesses, but they've got problems also, Linda, because uh, they just don't know where it's all headed. But knowing all of these statistics, Linda, what's the answer? Well, I guess the bottom line is you have to have goals. And, you know, there are a lot of people out there, but I don't think anyone has more money than goals. And you have to have goals. You have to have a direction in which you're going, right? You know, it's a funny thing. It almost sounds like a platitude, what you're saying, Linda. But strangely enough, in in my practice, 
I sit down with people and I spend maybe anywhere or over three, four, five sessions, who knows, it might be 15 or 25 hours with them and, and realize they have not crystallized their goals. They don't know what their goals are. And the wealthy are even more concerned, I mean, are a bigger problem. They just don't know their goals. I can think of a couple I met with recently, Linda, and I did a, a long, involved financial plan on them. That number at the office, by the way, is 919-872-7000, 919-872-7000. But although we dealt with their investments and their retirement and their estate and their insurance and their uh, um, cash flow and their income taxes, I dealt with all of these areas separately. But you want to take a guess where we spent the most time? In the goal section, they could not agree, especially he and she. He had one set of goals. No, she had one set of goals. He had another set of goals. But he he wasn't quite sure what his goals were. And the more I got into her goals, she wasn't sure. And really, the the solution to the dilemma, to the distress, and by the way, in their case, it was even causing some uh, bitterness in the marriage, was to need to go ahead and uh, or stress is to... Get the goals crystallized. Get the goals in front of you so you can tackle them and solve them. The whole question is working with a financial planner to uh, list the goals and know that they are going to be met. Yeah, identify the goals because you probably, most people think about different things when it comes to money. And if you're, if you're like the average person who works hard, accumulates, particularly for people that, that have accumulated, then the dilemma is, okay, are we going to just do this until we drop? Or do we have some goals in mind as to when we're going to retire and how do we reach those goals, right? Right. Well, I think for most people, Doug, uh, anyone that's invested in different vehicles needs to sometimes stand back and just take a look at where are they and what do they have and what's it doing for them and should they make change, right? With regard to investment portfolios, the biggest problem is that there is no asset allocation pattern established on people's portfolios. I look at their portfolios when they come to see me, and I say, why do you have this? And say, I don't know. My stockbroker read, uh, recommended Why do you have that? Oh, I don't know. I just got it. Why? And there's no overall pattern controlling the, uh, the investment decisions in the investment portfolio, and that's called an asset allocation pattern. Without one, I think it's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, people people should uh, certainly have goals in mind, and if they're working with an advisor, they should have a comfort level that what they're being advised about is to their advantage. Uh, don't just walk in the dark. Right. And if we can be of more assistance to you, you can call me at the office during the week, and the number in Raleigh is 919-872-7000. That's USA 7000. Well, that's all the Money Matters we have time for today. So we want to thank all our listeners for joining us. And for any other questions you may have, call my office during the week and we'll set up an appointment to meet with you personally. That number is 919-872-7000. That's 919-USA-7000. And we'll be back next week on this same station at the same time. In the meantime, have a great week. And remember, your money matters because your financial future is at stake. You've been listening to Money Matters with Doug and Linda Lewis. 
Money Matters provides you with a personal financial hotline on any subject where money really matters. For more information, you can call Doug and Linda in Raleigh at 872-7000. That's USA 7000. Listen again next Sunday at 6.05 for Money Matters with Doug and Linda Lewis on 680 WPTF.